This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it, Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now the war in Ukraine is in its fourth month and it has become very attritional indeed, particularly in eastern Ukraine, in the Donbass region. Yesterday, the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, gave an interview to the editor of the Financial Times in which he said that stalemate in the war with Russia was, and I quote Zelensky, not an option for us as he once more appealed for Western military support to restore his country's territorial integrity. We are inferior, he said, in terms of equipment, and therefore we are not capable of advancing. We are going to suffer more losses, and people are my priority. He also went on to point out that the superiority the Russians enjoy in terms of weapons, and he is asking all the Western powers for more weaponry so that they can continue to fight. He also, in passing today, has been critical of the French and President Macron in particular for seeking to do deals on behalf of the Ukraine with the Russians and with Putin in particular. We're joined now from Ukraine from the second city, Kharkiv, by Johnny O'Reilly. Johnny is a filmmaker and a journalist and has been extremely helpful to us on the stand here in understanding the mood. You've moved on from Kiev, Johnny, to Kharkiv, which is the second city. Tell us about Kharkiv, because we understand that's a prize, if you like, that the Russians would love to secure, but haven't so far. Yes, Kharkiv is a city of uh, a million and a half people, only 40 kilometers from the Russian border. Traditionally, it was considered a very pro-Russian city. Uh, No doubt uh, Putin expected to take this city even quicker than he did Kiev. But um, the Russians were pushed out of here about three weeks ago, at least 
pushed beyond artillery range around the same time that they uh, started to re-deploy uh, their troops down to uh, the region south of here, just to the Donbass region. But the city is um, very different to Kiev in terms of atmosphere. They have, uh, Kharkiv has been suffering much more damage to infrastructure and to the buildings around town. There isn't a, 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 a beautiful old building in town that has not been uh, targeted and damaged. Yes. It's very, it's very sad here just to see the scale of destruction in, in what is a, a really beautiful city. You know, Mariupol obviously has incurred uh, the, the biggest amount of destruction in this war, but uh, Kharkiv is is a really beautiful city, and many of these uh, pre-Soviet uh, buildings, these gorgeous um, Tsarist uh, blocks, have all been damaged or destroyed. So. Um, yeah, I was a bit surprised by the scale of destruction here. Um, but when you see it, you realize that's the reason why there's there's no economic activity here, very little traffic in the streets. It's it's very spooky to walk around a city of this scale yes. with with nobody on the streets, uh, especially in the in the early evenings. Um you also hear uh, intermittent uh, uh bombardments and uh, almost averaging, you know, one a day, a, a large missile hits the city centre or the city outskirts last night. I heard one at 12.30. It blew up a, a, a small factory just in the edge of the city centre the day before at dawn I was woken up. So this city is uh, much nearer to the action, but hasn't suffered the same level of uh, atrocities that the city, that the towns around Kiev did, possibly yes. because this is considered to be a pro-Russian city and perhaps the Russians sent uh, different troops to Kiev than they sent here, yes. meaning that the ones that they sent here perhaps weren't as uh, likely to commit atrocities. Yes, and one of the things that we don't fully understand, Johnny, and perhaps you might explain a, a bit more to us, is particularly in the Donbass region, but all over Ukraine, there are people who are of Russian ethnicity, identify as Russians, and speak Russian. So the, the relationships are very, very close indeed, it seems to me. There are 1.4 million people in normal circumstances in Kharkiv, I understand, but a lot of them would identify or, as Russian or speak Russian even. It's very much a, a Russian-speaking place, and you hear a lot of Russian songs being sung on the streets. There's still a few buskers left. You would not hear that in, in Kiev, especially nowadays. But um, that uh, that has been the case, and it was the case before February the 23rd, sorry, the 24th. But like so many other places across this country, many of the pro-Russian people have turned against Russia. Um, I've met young people here who, who, who never spoke Ukrainian and are now starting to learn it, starting to speak it. Yes. So people are very much embracing the Ukrainian flag here, Um what, what, whatever doubts they had about Putin is now, you know, very much confined 
to to history, they uh, firmly uh, re- realize uh, how corrupt and terrible he is. And uh, people have very much turned to the Ukrainian state for their identity. So that's been a huge change here within just a short period of time. But still, there is, especially in in the towns nearer the border, um, many of the people who were in that town would have voluntarily left uh, to the Russian side. So, yeah, it's a very complex and fluid identity that the nearer you get to the Russian border uh, made it more complex in one sense now, but maybe a bit less complex in the sense that uh, so many more people have embraced uh, Ukrainian uh, culture and identity as a result of this uh, invasion. Now, looking at the war through a wider lens, if you like, Johnny, Zelensky said in this interview with the editor of the Financial Times that stalemate, which would be going back to the pre-war situation, is not an option for us. And he gets quite angry with President Macron in particular. He got angry when Macron is trying to do deals on behalf of Ukraine, trying to broker a deal, at least with Putin. But as I read the comments of Zelensky, he'd be hard pushed even to settle for what was there before. He seems to want the Russians out of the Donbass. Now, there's ethnic Russians there as well who identify as Russian. And that's a very complicated, isn't it? Luhansk and Donetsk. And that's where Ukraine are struggling, aren't they, against the artillery in particular? But yes, before the war, uh, Russia controlled 25% of the Donbass. Now, the Donbass is essentially just two regions, the Luhansk and the Donetsk yes. region. They control 25% of that. Now, obviously, Ukraine has a constitutional claim to that territory, as it does to Crimea. So any elected leader of Ukraine has to reassert that constitutional claim. But uh, And, and, and he, he will do so in any of his utterances now, claiming that they want to continue the war back to the borders they were before 2014, which is when... The Russia, the, the Russia annexed Crimea and took over the 25% of the Donbass. But what's happening now is that Putin is pushing to take 100% of the Donbass. So far, he has about 85% of it. And it seems that Macron and perhaps Schultz of Germany are pushing for some kind of a quick yes. peace deal whereby Putin can get to keep control of that under a truce situation. And there's no elected leader of Ukraine that will ever agree to that because the people of Ukraine won't agree to that, especially given how much sacrifice has been already spent on this. And also because they have a chance of winning this, they still have a very good chance of pushing Russia back to pre-February the 24th borders, namely leaving them with 25% of the Donbass and with control over Crimea. So while you might hear um, Zelensky claim he wants to push them out of Crimea, none of the world leaders who he's discussing with privately 
uh, we'll hear that from him. The goal for Ukraine is to push Russia back to the pre-24th borders and hope and expect that that, uh, it could trigger the, the downfall of Putin at home. Yes, uh, Macron and Schultz, the Chancellor of Germany, and perhaps others in the West, although we haven't heard from them, are looking for a way, maybe, Johnny, to allow Putin a victory that he can claim, and this would be the victory. But you can't be doing that, negotiating over the heads of the people that you're, you're, you know, whose lives you're affecting. That's true. I, I I think what Macron and Schultz are probably doing is positioning themselves for a, a, a kind of a bigger political push, perhaps in the autumn, when the populations of France and Germany are suffering a lot more from food prices, from a, a, who knows, perhaps even a drastic recession. So in, in the event that things economically get very bad in, in those two countries, Perhaps um, public opinion will f- will will subside away from yes. um, you know the, the Ukrainian position and just want to get the whole thing over and done with. So perhaps that's what they're pushing for. Um, not a very noble position, but um, it seems to be uh, there seems to be a, a, a difference between what Biden and Johnson are pushing for uh, compared to what. Uh, Schultz and Macron are doing. Yes, and Zelensky said said yesterday that victory must be achieved on the battlefield. Let me just ask you, I'm sure listeners wonder, how Zelensky is now regarded by Ukrainian people. We're four months, or in the fourth month of this terrible war, and it has been truly shocking what the Russians have done the war crimes, the destruction of places like Mariupol. Zelensky was an actor. He once played a president of Ukraine as a part. He's now the president of Ukraine. And I'm not sure if it was you who told us that maybe before all of this, he had maybe popularity around 20 25%. Is that true? And how is he regarded now? Because in the West, he is seen to have led his people and inspired his people and brought their case to the world and is seen as a considerable man. Yeah, he has uh, very much grown into the role. Uh, he did have a rating, popular popularity rating around 22% before the war. Yeah, I and think then he told that before. Yeah, immediately shot up to 83 or 80 something present. And I don't think that has subsided. People are still very satisfied with him. There's no real question over whether, uh, over the direction he's pushing things. Um, so there, he's, he's politically powerful. He's got an election. Well, not for another, uh, year and a half, but, um, no, there's no, there's no question his political position within Ukraine at the moment. Um, his big battle now is with, um, with the world powers, particularly with Macron and Schultz and, 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 and more the actual people of France and Germany. What's really interesting about how Zelensky has gone about his work is, you know, he's a professional, TV producer, he understands the media possibly better than any other producer or any other world leader. 
because he's been not only been writing and performing, but producing TV shows for 20 years. Very successfully, he has a film, he's produced a bunch of movies, bunch of TV shows, stand-up comedy. He understands the medium extremely well, and he understands how to connect to audiences. And if you look at what he's achieved, a lot of that is down to his outreach through the, the, the speeches to parliaments, through his own selfies, yes. through uh, the, the system he set up to properly uh, distribute his content and to have it translated. So he has successfully reached the, you know, the, the, the voter in France, Germany, the UK, the US, and uh, inspired them to change EU policy and government policy towards Ukraine and really rallied the world to Ukraine's cause. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see if he decides to pull something out of the bag with regards to appealing directly to French people. You know, he'll be clever enough to do it uh, just through his own, you know, video content without having, without it appearing that he's, um, uh, snubbing Macron or anything, you know, but yeah. uh, his, his TV and his communication strategy has been uh, top notch. So it'll be interesting to see how he manages this. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, Johnny, Kharkiv in World War Two, there were several battles of Kharkiv and we know how much Russia and the east of Ukraine and, in fact, all of Ukraine suffered with the Nazis. It has an extraordinary history. 
has their mood changed? They are enduring what we find here as observers of this unimaginable. I mean, the artillery damage, then the awful stuff like we saw in Butcha, which you reported to us, and we've seen the pictures of the rape and the murder of innocent civilians and all of that. What is the mood of people in Kharkiv and indeed wherever you go in, in Ukraine? Morale, is their morale high? Is their sorrow deep or both? Both. Um, the, the one thing you, you notice of, uh, about Kharkiv obviously is that there's so few people around. And those who stayed behind were either those who were unwilling or unable to leave. So a lot of old day pensioners and then a lot of people who out of defiance, you know, decided to stay. They're going to st- stand their ground. They're not going to get on their knees and uh, they're going to fight. So a lot of the people you meet in a place like in a frontier town like this are going to be fighters. And, and in fact, you know, a huge proportion of the people you see just milling around in bars and cafes here are military people. They have their guns with them. You know, it's, it's, it's like any, you know, uh, breezy cafe society across Europe. You go in for your frappuccino, and there's a bunch of people with Kalashnikov sitting beside yes. you. You know, yeah. So you know, it's it's. Uh, but the weather's perfect here. It's very nice at the moment. So people, obviously, you know, are are, are kind of enjoying the weather. People who are here, but uh, yeah, I've kind of discerned three emotions, if you like. Obviously, people who have suffered a lot or have had to leave the country or their, their home, um, you know, are, are, are very sad and angry. Then there's uh, defiance. But the other one, that's something that, you know, I, I, I come across a lot, e- even in Russia. You've got this fatalism. The, you know, there's a lot of yes. proverbs in Russia about like, well, it is what it is. Or, you know, I'm not, yes. going, to, I'm not going to stop coming to my shop in case it gets bombed, because, you know, I can be bombed anywhere, you know, so I'm not going to change anything because there's bombs here. God will bomb me regardless, and there's nothing I can do about it. You know, there's this great saying in in Russia, which applies to here as well. Um, Things are worse today than they were yesterday, but at least they're better than tomorrow, you know, and you can read so much into that uh, about this culture. Um, and it, it really is about living in the moment, not having control over your own fate. It's um, something which obviously uh, is a legacy of the Soviet Union, of World War II. Yes. This idea that, you know, the, the, the world can basically just destroy you in, the, in a moment and there's nothing you can do about it. So you might as well just live in the moment and you know, not bother with it. So there's a lot of that kind of, I wouldn't call it defiance, you know, but there's a lot of that uh, attitude. Yes. Yeah, stoicism, yeah. Let me ask you about the, the expectation of people. I I know, the, as you said to us there a few moments ago, Johnny, that the weather is nice now. In the winter, it can get as low as minus 7, minus 35 even in the winter in extreme circumstances. There's also the question, and it's arising now as an international problem, of food and the grain that the Ukraine grows. They can't find a, a way of getting it out. The Russians won't. They won't do a deal to get it out. They want, in exchange for letting the grain get out to the world, to people who need it, 
They want the sanctions to be ended, which isn't going to happen. So are people dug in, do you think? And is Zelensky dug in for the long haul? And by the long haul, I mean through next winter, which from where we're sitting here is a prospect that's almost shocking. People will dig dig in for that eventuality, but people are still hoping to uh, finish things in the autumn. It's very hard to prognosticate because yes, of course. Uh, the, the, the Russian army has proven to have been much less effective than everyone thought. Yes. Um, and there's a question over the quantity of heavy weapons, especially uh, long-range artillery. Um, how many of those are going to arrive on the battlefield and to help the Ukrainians on time? Um, and that's, you know, the big question now. And, you know, uh, I, I presume the military planners in the US and the UK have a plan to achieve uh, victory for the uh, for uh, the Ukrainians in the autumn with the long range artilleries that they're delivering. Yes, but um, I, I don't. They haven't stated that publicly, so it's hard to know. You know, it's it's hard it's hard to know if if uh, you know Biden and Johnson also like Macron do not want to take the risk of uh, humiliating Putin. Yes, of course. Um, and the, yeah. there's, a, there's a, a logic to that. Interesting, you'd be pleased to know if you don't know already, Johnny, Boris Johnson is mired in scandal of all kinds and yeah. he nearly got chucked out, but he, he managed to survive. But it was notable that Vladimir Zelensky said he was delighted that Boris had survived. He had been a great friend and Britain has been, had been a great friend to Ukraine, and that is true, isn't it? It's very true, and um, like one of the reasons I believe is is Brexit. Boris Johnson wanted to redefine the UK, specifically in terms of foreign policy. Yes, and here was a perfect example to do that to draw a contrast with uh, yes. France and Germany, and the EU and in it, general, and the EU in general, and. You know, I, I, certainly the the putsch against Johnson would have been um, initiated by the Remainers. So the question is yes. whether if, if a Remainer gets in to the UK, are they going to water down foreign policy, you know, UK foreign policy with regards to, to Ukraine? Yeah. But, but actually, I, I think really it probably doesn't make that much difference. What, what makes the big difference will be what happens in America with Biden and what Biden decides to do, because the overwhelming majority of arms yes. are coming from the US. The feeling that you referred to at the beginning of our conversation, Johnny, the feeling of Ukrainian people towards Russia and, and the, the Russian people, but particularly, I, I'm sure, Putin regime, if you call it that, has that taken a notable change over these four months that you've seen? It has, and it's something that could well pose a problem for Ukraine in the long run. Um, one notable thing about this country and about the lead-up to this war 
is that there was no alliance between Ukraine and the Russian opposition movement. Yes. Ultimately, both have the same enemy yes. in Putin and his government. And any end game to this war won't be the uh, the battlefield. It will actually be what happens in the corridors of the Kremlin. And uh, the spearhead of that final movement will be the opposition movement in Russia. Yes. And there is absolutely no support for them from Ukraine. So Ukraine has become even more, um, you know, indoctrinated against all Russia right. and all Russians. The prevailing attitude and opinion is that uh, Russia is and always had has had this imperialistic instinct. Yes. They don't see it as an ideological, well, they see it less as an ideological battle and more of a nationalist battle. And unfortunately, that uh, uh, that opinion has taken hold and probably after the war there will be a very, perhaps even an extreme nationalist government here which could pose problems for its EU uh, uh, membership and, and other things down the road. But it's, it, that's almost like the next battle that Ukraine will have to fight after this one. But um, it's, it's something, uh, yeah, very much uh, the, those opinions have hardened throughout the last few months. Okay, Johnny, we're very grateful to you for the time you spent reporting for us from Kharkiv. I should tell you that Ukraine are playing Ireland in the Aviva Stadium tonight and a lot of the Ukrainians who are now living here in exile are going to be at the match. So (laughs) given the Irish team's form at the moment, they have every opportunity to have a a famous victory, at least in the Aviva. We're grateful to you, Johnny, and we realise how tough and dangerous it is for you. But thank you very much indeed for talking to us. Take care of yourself and we hope to talk to you again soon. That's Johnny O'Reilly, a filmmaker and journalist and a very, very brave man indeed. Thanks to Johnny. Thanks to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.